ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children. Remember that WWE, WWF, Road Dog Jesse James, Badass Billy Gunn, the New Age Outlaws, boys and girls, children of all ages. WWE brings proudly brings to you tag team champions of the world. Badass Billy Gunn. I forget it. Fuck. Forget it. Forget it. So anyway, my name's Jeremy Pell. I am the host of Dub Weekly Podcast, and this is another episode of Dub Weekly Podcast. And right now, we are driving down the road. I'm sorry. Riding down the road, bringing this episode to you, this segment. We're riding in a town. The city is called Morristown, Tennessee. It is about 45 minutes outside of Knoxville, Tennessee, home of the Tennessee Volunteers. Did you guys, by chance, do you follow fo- college? Do you do you follow college football? Well, if you do, you'll know. But Tennessee Volunteers were ranked number one, number three, number two, whatever. Played the number one, number three, number two team last week in Georgia. Got their ass handed to them, but only fell to number fifth in the country, which meant we still had a possibility of going to the BCA championship game. We could have made the playoffs. So, this past Saturday, just a few days ago, today's Tuesday, they played South Carolina Gamecocks, and they were an unranked team, but if you know anything about football and you know anything about SEC football, you will know that it doesn't matter what team you're playing. Any given Saturday, any team can creep up on you and whip your ass, and guess what happened? The number five Tennessee Volunteers got their asses fucking kicked by the unranked South Carolina Gamecocks. We are no longer in contention for the playoffs. That's okay. It was a good season. It was a good year. Josh Heupel has done an amazing job. Other than our quarterback, uh, Hendon Hooker, uh, tore his ACL also in that game against South Carolina. So, very bad day for Tennessee football. But I think overall we'll call it a good season outside of him being hurt. Um... So that's that's that on the, the college football. I know you probably don't give two shits, but you might. Uh, Yellowstone's back on. Do you follow Yellowstone? Do you watch Yellowstone? Man, if that show, which Taylor Sheridan is the creator of Yellowstone. He was also on the Sons of Anarchy as Deputy Chief Hale up through like three seasons. They killed him off. And he left the show because of contractual issues. He couldn't get enough money from Kurt Sutter. And so he left. And so Sutter does what he so what he does so well and he kills the character off in such an amazing, gruesome, horrendous style by getting him shot and run over or run over and killed. It was terrible. But he then goes to write Yellowstone and he's probably written a lot of other stuff. But I think this is the first thing that's really popped off for him because I mean hell now he's wrote the uh, Tulsa King, uh, the one other show about the prison, the, the mayor of Kingstown. He's done fairly well. 
But if you know anything about Sons of Anarchy, and you know anything about Yellowstone, you will know that Yellowstone is Sons of Anarchy on horses. It is unfucking real how similar these two shows are. And I don't know if that's Taylor Sheridan saying, hey, fuck you, Kurt Sutter. I'm going to show you how to really write a fucking TV show. Or if he loves the show so much that he just wanted to kind of have his own. Well, he does, by God, and he has a hit. Uh, 12.1 million viewers on the uh, season premiere of season five of Yellowstone, which is amazing. It's outstanding. So it's done very, 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 very well. So I want y'all to, I'm going to take a little break and I'll be right back and we'll finish this episode of the weekly podcast. We got a lot of stuff that's went on this week. I mean, we talked about the volunteers. Uh, Yellowstone has made its its debut last couple in the last two weeks. Uh, what an amazing show! We talked about the similarities of Yellowstone and Sons of Anarchy, and it's so much because it's all about the the club and Sons of Anarchy. Oh, we do it for the club, and in Yellowstone, it's everything's done for the ranch and. You've got the violence, and you've got... It's run like a, a damn gang. It's like if you cross us, we will meticulously hunt you down and murder your ass. It's just... It's one of the best shows I've seen. It, it's so much like Sons of Anarchy. It just blows my mind. You've got the son, uh, uh, like Jax uh, in Sons of Anarchy. You've got uh, Casey, the son in Yellowstone, that's tormented by his past, and wants to go down a new path and you see in this season that he's chosen that path and he he's trying to give up the game gaming job that he does to the, the game not game warden but livestock commissioner and you see the same thing with jackson sons of anarchy he wanted to go a new path and get him out of the guns and go legit and it's so similar taylor, taylor sheridan's awesome i think he is i think he's an amazing writer he's done an amazing job um but it's similar. It's very similar, I think. Um, it's not the same, obviously, but it's really, really similar. So if you don't watch that, you need to. Um, Hell, Todd, Julie Chrisley from Chrisley Knows Best, they're going to prison for 19 years total. Todd's got 12. Julie's got seven. Well, he's really, I think she's tougher than he is. She's, Todd Chrisley's going to have a terrible time in prison. I mean, some of them other guys might have a good time with him, but he's going to have a fucking horrendous time. He's such a pretty thing. I mean, I feel for him. I feel for the family. He's a smart, he's smart. I like him. He's funny. But he is just not prison material at all. I feel terrible for him. He's going to have a rough time. I think Julie would be tough as nails. She'll be all right. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know who was screwed over. Banks are screwed over. Lost money. Do you sentence? I mean, do we really need to sentence people to 20 years in prison or 12 years in prison for, for fucking white-collar fraud crimes? I mean, maybe we do. I don't know. I'm just throwing it out there. I mean, why are we the uh, densest populated country on the fucking planet with the highest uh, population of inmates of any other country? That That says something. We definitely need a judicial reform. 
our judicial system's fucked. It's a, and you know, people will talk about do the t- do the crime, do the time, motherfucker. Fuck you, narrow-minded bastards. People make mistakes, and I guarantee that throughout your day, you probably commit three felonies and don't even fucking know it. It's we don't, you know, it's about we're so we're punishing. We're not trying to rehabilitate. Our, our recidivism rate is horrendous, and we're proud of that. Our our uh, our moral elitist and our our uh, I'm not saying Christianity is not a good teaching, but I tell you right now, some of the most judgmental people I've ever met are Christian based, and I don't understand that at all because that's not what Jesus taught. We need to be more caring and forgiving and kind to one another. But our, our judicial system's garbage. We've got people in jail. Okay, you got drug dealers, drug addicts. I, you, some of you are not going to agree with me. You're going to say, oh, you just quit doing drugs. Just quit doing this. And I, I wish people would think of that because you're so fucking smart, you know. Uh, they want to hit you with you. They're, they're moral elitist that think they're, they're abstinent type uh, scenarios work on everybody because Jesus, they think Jesus told them. They think they got a direct line to Jesus through their moral high grounds on their proverbial high horses as they sit there looking down upon everybody. Y'all make me sick. But we definitely need some... I mean, maybe they deserve to go to prison. I don't know. Maybe they just need to deserve to go out and pay some people back and work some shit they don't need to do. I mean, do we need to lock up every fucking body for everything? Violent crimes, yes. Sexual crimes, yes. Money crimes, not so much. It's just my opinion. So they're going to prison. Uh, Todd's not going to have a good time, I don't think, with that at all. Um, Shit, what else is going on? Thanksgiving's this week. Are you ready for Thanksgiving? You ready to hear all your family's bullshit? Have the arguments at the table over who's Democrat, who's Republican? Speaking of Democrat and Republicans, they just had the midterm elections. Republicans took over the House, but they didn't take the Senate. Uh, what what caused the red wave not to be as big as it should have been? Abortion. Think abortion had something to do with it? Maybe. I think anything that's the same over 50 years, whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, and it's something that you thought would never be touched or could never be touched, and then you see how easy it's touched <laughs> and it's gone, I think that causes people to stop and think. <laughs> and this is not a pro-life, pro-choice argument. Because I can't get pregnant, so I, my opinion doesn't matter. Um, but I think it is an argument to make that when your average everyday people, even their independents or maybe more lean, say they lean more right than left, when they see a government flex its muscle and see how easy it is to take away something they thought would never be gone, maybe that gives people to pause and to think, what are we doing? But I think this, don't, don't, don't die on this uh, abortion hill, folks. I mean, this is not the, 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 in my opinion, this is not as, if I was a politician, this would not be the hill that I would fucking die on, I promise you. Not when you go to the grocery store and everything's 20% higher than what it was, or not when you can't even reach your pocket, pull out a fucking extra dollar after your paycheck. That's, hey, this is my opinion. Don't like it, don't listen, don't give a fuck. 
But I definitely wouldn't die on that hill. But they did take the house. Maybe that'll balance some things out. Maybe we'll just be in straight-up gridlock like we have been for so many years. I see that Trump's running again. I don't know if that's good or bad. Um, I think if I was a Republican or if I was a Democrat, which I'm neither one, I'm not going to mention my uh, affiliation here. I'm for whatever I feel like's right. But if I was a Republican running and I was running, I wouldn't want Donald Trump running because I think he'll decimate the Republican Party as he goes to get the uh, nomination. I don't know that that's good for the Republican Party. But maybe he won't. Maybe it'll be fine. Maybe him and DeSantis, Ron DeSantis from Florida will team up. Because Ron DeSantis from Florida, Florida Republicans really, really won handily in uh, in Florida. So maybe they should take a look and see what they're doing down there. But that's going on. Uh, hell, I think they're still counting fucking votes. We can, we can figure out the winner of American Idol, but we can't count votes. It's interesting. Well, what else is going on? Street Outlaws. You watch Street Outlaws? You like Street Outlaws? No Prep Kings is on. And man, I'm telling you what. I watched that episode last night from the Arizona Speedway or drag strip, whatever. And Kayla Morton won that race. I was so happy for her. I like Kayla Morton. She is an outstanding drag racer. She is a good person, and I would like to meet her. I'd like to have her on the podcast. So, Kayla, if you're listening, I'd like to have you on the podcast. Let's talk some Street Outlaws. Oh, and Hercules from uh, Memphis Street Outlaws, which he's not on the show anymore. Uh, his wife, Bobby, is a good friend of mine. Uh, I, invi- I invited her on the show. I'd like to talk about... Uh, about their lives and and how they're doing and and street outlaws and other things like that what they have to say so if you hear this bobby i'd like to have you come on we've talked about it a few times but we ain't never been able to put it together but i'd like to put it together of course if you follow street outlaws at all you'll know ryan martin is leading in the points and the no prep kings he's unstoppable i guess it don't seem like anybody can stop him and i wonder what makes his program so good is he just put in the work is he just do more? I mean, because it seems like everybody's kind of similar when when it comes to different parts and uh, turbos or nitrous or whatever. Uh, of course, there's no big chief anymore. You don't see him around. He really fucked up. Boy, I tell you, once he got that new girlfriend, it seemed like he went on a damn, just a, a downward spiral when it comes to being on TV. I'm not saying he's in life in a downward spiral. He might be doing just fine on his own, his YouTube page or whatever. But it slowly went from a lot of big chief to a little big chief to no big chief. So I wonder how he feels about that. And I like big chief. I'd like to see him on there. Him and the Kai Kelly rivalry. It's, it's really fun to watch. It was really good TV. I'd like to uh, see the OG show when it's back on. I, I, I've watched, I've seen them two times in Bristol when they come to race. It was a great show. I loved it. I loved it. Loved it. Wish they'd come back. They haven't come back to the Bristol uh, Thunder Valley in, in several years. Four, I think. I'd like to see them come back there. Um, but we watch racing. I, love, I, I love NASCAR. I like drag racing. Street Outlaws drag racing. Um Kurt Busch, I've met Kurt Busch. I got to meet a lot of the racers. My son, 
had came up with the idea and wrote Kurt Busch about it is the pink window nets in October for breast cancer awareness. And if you'll notice at the Roval for the past two years, they have run pink window nets at the Roval, the Charlotte Roval, and the race. That was Mason Bradley's idea, my son. We got to go out to Charlotte. We were in the pits. We were in the the suites. We met Kurt. We met. He got to walk out with Kurt on introduction. Uh, Jamie Goddard, his assistant, is an amazing person. I want to give a shout-out to Jamie. A great, great person. Thank you, Jamie, for everything you've done. Thank you, Kurt, for everything you've done for for Mason and that amazing trip to Charlotte uh, last year. It was it was a good time. And I love NASCAR. I love NASCAR. I love listening to the download, Dale Jr. Uh, I think, you know, the championship this year is interesting to see uh, Ross Chastain do the whole, whole uh, video game move and ride the outside wall at top speed at Martinsville to get into the championship four was spectacular. You know, Denny Hamlin still wondering what the fuck happened. Uh, hated that Kurt retired this year. Uh, anxious to see what uh, Tyler Reddick's going to do over at the uh, 23XI team. I'd like to see Bubba Wallace get his head out of his ass. Uh, him him wrecking Kyle Larson at 180 mile an hour or whatever it was is ridiculous. And uh, one suspension, one race suspension was not enough. So I need to teach his whiny ass a lesson and, and, and give him a fucking suspension because that's ridiculous. That makes him look stupid, makes the sport look stupid. Uh, but you got Joy Logano winning. You had the, the Chase Elliott, um, Ross Chastain, Joy Logano, and Christopher Bell in the Final Four for playoffs this year. And Christopher Bell, what a clutch, man. This dude had to basically win three... Well, he won the last two races just to stay in. He had to win a race to stay in the grade eight. He had to win a race to be in the final four. And what a clutch, man. If that's not clutch, I don't know what is. That's clutch as shit. So shout out to Christopher Bell, Joe Gibbs Racing. Of course, we lost uh, Joe Gibbs Racing, lost uh, Coy Gibbs this year. What a tragic loss. That's Ty Gibbs' father. Uh, tragedy, tragedy. It's terrible. Terrible, terrible. Uh, only 49 years old, young man. Just, it's just terrible. But we love NASCAR. We don't want to talk NASCAR. We want to talk uh, daily news, uh, non-daily news, left field, right field. We want to be lighthearted, entertaining. I've done true crime for so long. It's so heavy on the heart. It's so heavy on the mind. And I'm fucking tired of doing it. And we're still going to do some because we're going to finish up this section but when we come back we're going to talk about the four poor the poor murdered in college students in idaho moscow idaho four people murdered one crime scene one murder weapon one killer what the hell is going on in moscow idaho we'll be right back <laughs> all right guys thanks for listening four Murdered college students in Moscow, Idaho. Three women, one man, living in one home off campus. Two were seen at a food truck around 1.30. The other two were seen leaving a concert around the same time. Both of them, all four, both groups, all four uh, 
individuals were at home by 145. An intruder or someone comes in because there's two more people that live in that apartment or that house that wasn't murdered. One was spared. I think one was attacked and lived. One murder weapon? Really? One intruder? Really? How does one person subdue four grown individuals? Three women, one man. How is that possible? Something else that's strange. Two weeks before the murders, someone took the dog from the residence, skinned, and killed it. This undoubtedly has to be the same sick individual. What one person can subdue four people and murder four people with one knife? Is that possible? How does that happen? What has to happen for th the three other individuals? Or, or here's this, in this case, there's uh, six people total in the house. The two that survived, the four that were killed. Was it someone in the house? Is it one of the two that survived? Did they sneak and kill each one, one by one, individually in the the the, the cover of darkness and in the, in the quietness of night? That'd be the only way possible. Because if you do it loud and messy, from what I hear, the crime scene is messy. It's it's like a a tornado come through, blood seeping out of the house, shown outside. So that's my question to you. How does one individual with one murder weapon kill four people? I'm anxious to see what comes out in that case. We've got new DNA testing on John Benet Ramsey's case. It will be, like I said in the last episode, guys, it will be a matter of time, and they will be solving John Benet Ramsey's murder. This case will be solved. No doubt in my mind, this case will be solved. So as I try to ease off some of the true crime and want to go to a more lighter approach, just a more daily news, comment, not necessarily all comedy, but more lighthearted, I'm so tired of all the heaviness on the true crime side. I want to come from an approach to where we just talk about the shit that's going on during the day. And we just give our East Tennessee stupid-ass approach to it. Let it be fun. Let it be lighthearted. Let it be informational. Because we'll tell you the truth from how we see it. <laughs> and we hope you entertain you in the process. I mean, this podcasting is so hard, and I've done it for three years and and part of it's my fault that I've not made the traction that I'd like to because I'd get not burnt out but I'd get discouraged and I wouldn't get the listens that I wanted and I wouldn't get the attention that I wanted and it just seemed like I was talking to no one and it's just so discouraging so you know and I would try to think of ways what could I say to be entertaining what could I do to be entertaining what could and, and it just come to me. I'm just going to be myself. And hopefully some people will like it. And some people will want to listen to it. Some people will find it entertaining. 
and they'll want to come back for more. Some people might think it's funny. Some people may think I'm fucking funny. Some people may hate me. I don't care. But I do care. I, I do care. I want you to like me. They really like me. But I just want to tell you what's going on during the week. A daily news informational type podcast that gives you my take on, on current events. Uh, we're from East Tennessee. I don't know if you can tell by the accent. Uh, but we are from the mountainous region of East Tennessee. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's a pretty big, big little town. Uh, Kingsport, Tennessee is where we, where we come from. And, uh, we were raised in Morristown, which like I was telling you at the beginning, is about 45 minutes outside of Knoxville. But Kingsport's just about another 45 minutes north. It's part of what's called the Tri-Cities. It's Kingsport, Johnson City, and Bristol. Uh, they have ETSU up in Johnson City. Of course, you know Bristol from the Bristol Motor Speedway. Uh, but I like to talk, you know, like talk some NASCAR, talk some street outlaws, talk some current events, talk some politics. We can talk religion, too. See, I was raised very strict religious Baptist Christianity. Uh and I don't know if that's a good thing or not, because at certain times it was very uh, concerning because there for a while when I was younger, I felt like I was going to hell about every 13 seconds. And that was just not a good feeling because you're never going to live up to whatever standard, especially if you're coming from a biblical standard and you're only speaking in terms of perfection. That's going to be a hard, uh, hard standard to live up to is perfection, because we're human beings. We're designed to make mistakes. But what I think is a mistake, and what you think is a mistake, are two different things. So you got to really find a place that you're comfortable with yourself, you're confident with yourself, and you love yourself. You can't beat yourself up all the time over mistakes. Maybe you look at something and feel like it's a mistake, but maybe someone else looks at it and it's not. I do think one one good solid golden rule is really the only thing you need to worry about. And I feel like if you follow this, everything else sometimes falls into place. Now this is too good to, you know, oh goody goody two shoe shit. I'm going through this or I'm going through that. Your life fucking sucks. Life sucks. It's tough. It's hard. It's not easy. But sometimes it's... Sorry, guys. I got cut off there. I try not to edit anything. I try to record it. Unless it's just a poor, poor, poor quality. I try to record it. And then just put it on. But I'm hoping that the... We'll get back to what we was talking about. Just your daily grind. You know, your daily news. I'm hoping that I can find my joy again. And because I love doing this. So if you want to support us, I've got my links to the Cash App or the Anchor. Send us an email, duh, weekly podcast, D U H W E E K L Y P O D C A S T at Gmail. We're on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Look us up, send us a message. 
something you want to talk about, something you want to argue about, you want to come on the podcast, let's do it. Let me know. So we're going to try to cover a range, a wide variety of different topics. And I want to end today with a little story. So, you know, we look at certain things that happen in life. And a lot of times we're we're quick to uh, label them as negative or something that we wouldn't want to happen. And we all know that there would be religious, spiritual, whatever, that certain things happen to, you know, I had to go through this to get here. You know, if I didn't go through that, I wouldn't be strong enough to be here, by whatever. So the old story goes, you know, that something that may appear to be horrible and negative may not be. It all depends on how you look at it. <clears throat> and there was a man and a son that live out in the middle of nowhere, and nobody's around them. And they do they have this one horse. They take that horse out every day, and they 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 plow their field, and that's how they they make money to live. That's how they survive. And one day, the boy goes out to get the horse, and the horse is broken down the fence and run away. And the boy goes to the dad and said, oh, my God, this, this the horse has run away. Oh, I can't believe this has happened. Oh, my God, this is the worst thing ever. And the dad just said, we'll see. Well, a week goes by, and the, the horse comes back. And, and along with the horse, the horse has brought back 12 or 15 other wild horses. And now they have 12 or 13 horses. And they're, they're just joyous. They're so happy. And so the boy's working with one of the wild horses. And he gets kicked off and breaks his arm. And some of the townspeople are like, oh, to the old man, Man, this is terrible. Oh, my God, what a horrible, horrible problem. Your son breaking his arm. And his comment is, well, we'll see. And so a few weeks go by, and the government has is, is come, and, and they're, they're taking everyone. And this is in China, by the way. They're taking everyone to fight in the war, every able-bodied boy or son. And they're like, where's your son? And he's like, you know, right here, and he's sitting there, and he's got, got the broken arm, and so they can't take him to fight in the war. The whole point of the story is the horse leaves. Is this the end of the world? Is this the worst thing ever? Maybe. Well, we'll see. But the horse coming back, bringing the wild horse, there in turn, the boy breaks his arm. Oh, my God, is this the worst thing ever? We'll see. But without the broken arm, the boy would have went off to war and fought. So you see these things that happen in your life or maybe just mere stone, stepping stones or, or, or practice, we'll call it, to make you stronger, to make you wiser, to be ready for another thing in your life. Charles Swindell said life is 90% or 10% of what happens to you and 90% how you deal with it. And I know some things are easier said than done. But if we can take that mentality and apply it, I think we can we can become better people. And I'll end the day, this episode with this. If I gave you $10 million, would that make you happy? 
And of course, yes, it would. But if I told you that the stipulation to that is you couldn't wake up the next day, would you take it? And I'd say the answer is no. And I could offer you $10 billion. And the answer would be no. So don't take so lightly the advantage you have by just merely opening your eyes and having another day. Because obviously, that day is worth more than all the money in the world. This is the Weekly Podcast.